Borak Dung Earthwits. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 139th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast <laughs> where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for November 1985, progs 443 to 446. This time, oh, yeah, Nemesis, boy. yeah. This time, Nemesis travels to the time wastes. The Strontium Dogs are in a tight spot. It's hard. It's a hard time for Mayors in Mega City One, and Rogue Trooper once again returns to Millicom. And, uh, do you know what I love more than a spaceship? What a weird robotic butthole spaceship. <laughs> Always listen. It's the best kind. <laughs> if you want to read along with us, you'll find the comics we're covering today in Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files 9, The Complete Nemesis, The Warlock 2, Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth 3, Strontium Dog, Search Destroy Agency Files 3, Robo Hunter, the, dro- the Droid Files 2, The Mean Team Collection, and The Best of Future Shocks. All right. And yeah, speaking of uh, butthole oh, spaceships, yeah, boy. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> It's, Love you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Thrill One, Nemesis the Warlock. Uh, script robot. Dude, I, yeah. just like visceral fights, man. I'm so into it. Eye gouging, hoof kicking. Totally. Yeah. It's action. Always. Yeah, script robot Pat Mills, art robot Brian Talbot, and letting robot Steve Potter. Yes, we start with uh, with where Torquemada has learned about Nemesis's role in his children's death and then attacks him. Um, and, but like, it's funny cause it says that Nemesis attack or that Torquemada attacks Nemesis, but we in fact see Nemesis like smacking Torquemada in the face. So he's done like the special, uh, my face to your fist technique, basically. <laughs> Listen, man, first blood is the most important part of fighting. If you can get the first hit off, that means effectively you're the winner if there's a draw. Yeah. <laughs> uh Oh, um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and and now we get kind of this reprise of that fight in the Gothic Empire series, like where the yeah the the close up fighting of um of Nemesis and Torquemada, and like you say, I really love how Torquemada now that he doesn't have his armor, he fights really dirty, like he's gouging eyes and doing all this stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, you really kind of feel like uh, this combat is more visceral than the combat they've had before, right? Yeah. Like, so much of it has been spectacle, but this is just kind of mano a mano. Yeah, and they don't have any of their gear or anything like that, too. Uh, mm. As they fight, Purity says that they should kill Torquemada, but he, but uh, they, they realize that they can't because this is a past version of Torquemada. And so, like, if you killed him, it would mess up the time stream and stuff. A lot of time stream messing up this episode. <laughs> it's, it's, what I like is that it's hand-waved at the very least in about, like, a panel and a half. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is just like, all right, here's the rest of the action. It, yeah. It does a very looper thing where it's like, don't, don't think about this. Just, like, just enjoy the robots and the fighting absolutely yeah so an an uneasy truce is reached and soon the goddamn abc warriors arrive all right oh it's awesome spread the word mf and i guess that one guy with the rap face that we thought was called ronan but yeah yeah mad ron has died he was caught in an explosion trying to disarm a bomb nemesis explains the situation going on and we sort of Get us some flashbacks, but the black and white whole gateways were created and that caused like some spillage, time spillage, which 
caused which just kind of looks like a crazy tornado yeah i guess it's a tornado that like spits out time stuff it seems like so like <laughs> like cool dinosaurs and awesome tanks and who knows what else yeah probably like chicken wings well it, it spit out like those um those living uh What's that plane called? Like that living Concorde jet that we saw in a really early Nemesis story, for instance. Where it was like a... I, I guess all I'm saying, Conrad, is if it's willing to spit out a living Concorde jet, it's probably willing to spit out a bucket of delicious chicken wings. I mean, yeah, sure, but do you want to take that risk? You know, that's, a, that's, a, that's not a big enough um, upside to take that downside, I guess. <laughs> I, I will always take the risk for chicken wings. Fair enough. So, in the end, the Black Hole Engineers managed to confine, confine most of the time time storms to the time wastes, where they were forgotten about when the Terminators came and purged all scientists and knowledge, sort of Warhammer 40,000 style. Yes, you do. Yeah, you know, you can't get these smart guys lording it over you. So, the black hole control room is deep in these time wastes shielded from the storms but thoth seems has found seems to have found a way to it and we got to stop him but deep in the time wastes themselves we see that thoth is more worried about his buddy satanus the uh, black t-rex um this seems real cute like he makes him a a human stew yeah he like feeds him back to health but totally Yeah, no, he, yeah, he's worried about uh, Satanus's weak and near death. We see Thoth bringing a random dude for Satanus to eat. Yeah, and again, making a making some dude broth to make him go down easier. We then see a flashback about how Thoth learned to use the black hole control room to manipulate time and space, and that's how he was able to like scoop up Satanus from a cursed Earth sideshow. Uh, Satanus gets to his feet and seems to be doing better as we cut to Nemesis introducing the newest ABC warrior, Fox. Oh my god, Big John! It's Megquake! Oh, he's too dumb to be treacherous. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy right now, dude. There is nothing more than I love than robots that also Big Jobs. Totally, and I like how Megquake is just constantly scoring points on Hammerstein, too. Whereas Hammerstein's like, he's just he's just changing sides because he knows we're going to beat the Terminators. And he's like, well, didn't you do that? And he's like, oh, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know just a lot of like you know or like, or like he's killed a bunch of robots and humans and stuff it's like hey haven't you done that too hammerstein like what's we're buddies right it's like uh and and mechwick's real happy to be one of the heroes now and stuff it's really funny i mean hasn't mechwick always been one of the heroes i mean fair enough like rojas and hammerstein are just sort of like these uh yeah they're these anti-authority dudes that just sort of thumb their nose at convention so who knows um <laughs> I'm all about big jobs, and uh, that seems to not have changed with our bro big jobs. No way. So Yeah, we learned that that while Metquake has been doing big jobs, he doesn't always destroy his victims. Instead, he has oftentimes saved their bodies to uh, then wear them by transferring his brain, sort of Buffalo Bill style. Uh, this includes <laughs> a robot spaceship that will allow them to safely explore the time wastes. And Rojas... It, the butthole yeah, ship. Yeah, it's a big like tube that's got this weird like sphincter on the front of it. It's weird. It's no good. Uh, <laughs> Rojas isn't sure that Mechwake has what it takes, but it's mostly just good natured ribbing. You know, I guess if you've been if you've been hanging out for a couple thousand years, you can just sort of you know jape each other. Uh, 
Twerk them yeah. I mean without without real problems nah. happening, right? Like eh, once you're once you're effectively a celestial god, I mean, what's another one to really get in your way? Absolutely. Whoa, Roja Celestial God. Uh, Turkomata and, Cam- and Candida <laughs> are coming along as they pile into the ship. Meanwhile, Terminator Grand Dragon Mazarin and Grandmaster Crassin are headed to the lava-moated prison Stalag 17, where they plan to meet Torquemada's grandfather Nostradamus, and the future of the Empire is at stake. You know it's serious when uh, someone suddenly comes... Into a comic known as Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've seen Nostradamus a little bit before. There was that, like, uh, Torquemada family picture earlier, like, uh, f- f- family portrait from, like, a, cu- a couple years ago that, that had him in there, you know? Although, we are we yeah. are learning more crazy things about Nostradamus here. Um, so, our uh, our team heads oh, for the time waste. Gross. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, with, with growth. I'd just say gross. Super gross. The team heads to the time waste as Termite is rocked by an earthquake and Thoth's plan seems to have begun. We also learn that Torquemada has previously led an expedition to the time wastes and knows them better than anyone, which which is one of the reasons why he's coming along. Although someone else might know them better, his older brother who died in the expedition. Whoa! Mean. Oh, who could that yeah. be? I guess we're totally about to definitely find out. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Stalag Seventeen, the Grandmaster demands to see Nostradamus. He comes out under under heavy sedation, and it seems that he saw the future in the time waste, and he didn't like it—a sea of fire and blood. Uh, when the and also totally gross. Let me open up my mask, yeah. and you're gonna get grossed out. <laughs> the dragon asks. About Tomas Torquemada, and Nostradamus attacks him. Uh, then these guys want Nostradamus to show them through the time waste to take out Torquemada and the bot and you know Nemesis and all those guys. And they reveal the truth, like you mm-hmm. said, that Nemesis is actually Toma- or that Nostradamus is actually T- Tomas's brother. He was through and. Uh, uh, Torquemada threw Nostradamus off the side of their ship in the waste, so Tomas could become like the grand, you know, the grand master or whatever. <laughs> this then and also super gross yeah well because he fell off into the time waste when nostromus takes off his mask we see that his face is super melty and scarred and gross whoa it's terrible and it was all caught. it just really seems like this family is super cursed to be super gross. yeah they're they're fated by 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 fate to just become melty gross monsters <laughs> yeah and this is all caused by tomas and so he's you know, sworn revenge and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, I'd swear revenge if I looked like that. It's really gross. I swear revenge. For I've, our listeners. Yeah, I've sworn revenge for far, far lesser things. Uh, <laughs> Tomas and Candida <laughs> uh, steal themselves for battle as the ship blasts into the wastes, and the ABC Warriors are also getting hyped up. Even Mechquake puts on this awesome war droid body that's like uh, the exoskeleton Ripley puts on in Aliens, like times three. They... Blast through a two police robot and some awesome action ensues. It's all in these like sh- uh, shattered, jagged panels showing different teams taking on the the tube cops and looks real, real fr- frenetic action. But at last, the fight's done. Mm. The crew piles into the ship, and who knows what lies ahead in the time wastes. 
I mean, I'm pretty excited, but I guess uh, Nemesis is going to return yeah. in the time waste. The end of Nemesis, the warlock. <laughs> Nemesis For- Forever? No, of course not. Nemesis will return in book six, which is called Torque a Murder, in August of 1986. Ooh. So a couple, it's like eight, eight or nine months from now. All right, I'm into that. I could I could wait a little while, man. I'm into some time related shenanigans. It's setting up for some robots going through time with a demon, and also another robot that's gonna kill all the robots and maybe the demons, and then like a guy who's kind of a xenophobe and some yeah. humans. No, it should be good, man. It's always nice. To, yeah, you know, it's always crazy with these robot shenanigans, Fox. Sometimes the robot shenanigans go too far, and that takes us to Thrill 2, oh, Robo Hunter. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is Lost in Space could have been better if you had just spent $27 billion on making an elaborate ruse. I mean, you know, how much of a ruse was that one remake with Gary Oldman of Lost in Space? That was like $27 million, oh, right? Shit. <laughs> They had, like, uh, Joey from Friends on it and stuff, dude. Whatever. Um, oh, my God. You're just, like, you're blowing my my remembrance. Yeah, that's right. Tickets. I mean, my memory. Bringing it back. <laughs> so, script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner's Grant Grover. Art robot Ian Gibson. Letting robot Richard Starkings. So, retired robo-hunter Sam Slade. He's hot on the trail of his robots, Hoagie and Stogie. So hot, in fact, that he's just shot Hoagie in the head on the deck of his uh, of his yacht, the Dunhuntin'. <laughs> and then, as, as an old man just grapples onto his yeah. boat from a speedboat, just like, boom, I'm on it, and just rips apart his old bro. Yeah, boards a ship, confronts Stogie. <laughs> stabs him yes, man. well, n- not before Stogie says that they gambled all of his $27 billion away. He's got nothing left. Uh, I'd be yeah, Stogie, uh, Sam snaps Stogie in half, but inside his body sees that this uh, Stogie was built in Britsit, and the the real Stogie's a genuine Havana. It's another decoy. He uh ah oh, snap. We gotta get on the case. Yeah, he calls the uh, robot office and finds that all of these all of these all these decoys were ordered by Sam Slade of New York City with an address that hits is his old office there. He so Sam well, yeah he weird. sells his yacht and heads to the big cyber apple. A lot's changed, but his office is still there. Name on the window and all, which is weird because he hasn't been there for fifty years. <laughs> Sam enters and finds his bots waiting for him, throwing a party. Stogie explains that the, yeah Ooh. yeah get it down yeah no they, they they were tired of Sam being rich and retired, so they basically just stole and got rid of all of his money to get him back in robo-hunting here in the big city. so And so it turns out this whole caper was just to see if Sam could still handle robo-hunting, and he's passed with flying colors. He's got... And uh, also to drain him of all of his money so that he would be extra hungry for, I guess, maybe Yeah, just that, you know, yeah. In a weird way, I guess, makes sense, but also kind of i mean i would just break these droids i mean he's literally like a hundred years old like he should you know he's it's cool to be retired you know his the point to get back the point to get back and 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 get and get robo hunting was not like after he'd been retired for 50 years it was after being retired for like 15 years or something like that yeah you know take a small break and then realize that you know what i want to buy that expensive condo and the keys and 
you work for like three years and then get a little extra yeah. money and you're like, well, it won't impact my retirement fund. But instead, these dudes literally spent twenty seven. Yeah. And what if you hadn't been able to cut it, you know? But um, so, so yeah, so like we said, Sam's forced to, retur- to resume robo-hunting, but he needs some starting capital, so he decides to just sell the bots to a used droid store. Womp womp. This is another hey, fine mess. So, yeah, I guess you're out of here. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, is it the end? Well, yeah, yeah. Th- so, okay. The end of robo-hunter. Uh, robo-hunter will return in Prague 723 in 1991. Holy shit. But that will be um, a way different Robo Hunter. It'll be written by future big name comics guy Mark Miller in an early um, in some early stuff. You know, he'd go on to like write like Kick Ass and The Ultimates and Kingsman and stuff. Mm. You know, he's gonna be showing up I know Yeah, he's gonna be showing up in the uh, in the comics pretty soon. Um in, in the progs as well. His re- his work on Robo Hunter has uh, mixed results, I wanna say. Like, there's some okay. there's some stuff that's good, but I'd say it's mostly like it feels, you know. I I mean, I guess we'll talk about it in like 2020. But it, it I feel like his his Robo Hunter kind of misses the point of some of the Robo Hunter stuff that I really liked about it. I guess. Um, but this sure. But yeah. I mean, I, I I in in some small defense, we also liked the beginning of like Mean Team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. Some I, I will be I will be passively non-optimistic. Yeah. Let's always be. <laughs> so I guess that means I'll just forget. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'd say I I'd say feel free to forget. We're way out from that from that story. I mean, like like, like I said. Oh, I mean, it's near double. Yeah. Where we are. It's right in the now. early. Fuck yeah. That. It's in the early. I will not remember. Yeah. It, it, it's in the early '90s. So when I say we'll get to it in 2020, I literally mean that. Like that's when we'll talk about it. <laughs> But holy shit. Yeah, think about it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just uh to the task at hand. I I really like this story. It was just a quick like six episode yeah. uh, like madcap series of, of 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 violence and humor and it was really good and for me it really filled this void between ace trucking chapters and I really liked seeing Sam sort of come back for a final curtain call and stuff. Like I it it was literally fun. Yeah, is that a weird word to no, say? No, I think that that's when right. Something's fun. It's it's just fun. Yeah, like I I, I, I that's exactly I think when uh, when you uh, uh, DeGriz showed back up for the stainless steel rat. Yeah, like we were like, oh shit, definitely. Like comics can be fun and silly in between like intensity and and awesomeness and like uh, being cool. I mean, that's kind of what I liked about Robo. Yeah, Hunter. definitely. Robo Hunter's real secret is being short and sweet. Yeah, I think you know, you know, Robo Hunter like Ace Trucking and some of these other sort of you know purely comedic or you know, I mean, they have action, but sort of comics that are really based around being funny have a you know have a nice sort can get you through some of the heavier stuff that's going on. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like a like a yeah. like a nice yeah. salad in in between steaks or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, multiple <laughs> multiple steaks. Shit. Live it up. <laughs> <laughs> and and speaking I of speaking of high stakes activities, Fox, it's oh my god, <laughs> thrill three, Judge Dread. <laughs> I I just I 
I don't even want to talk to you about this. I don't want to talk to people about this. Uh, Sad, buddy. It's, it's so glossed over in a way that is so undeserving of this horrible accident. In which, by the way, in a two-page spread, uh, the last panel, the vertical panel of that, is just heart-wrenching. Yeah, seriously. When I saw this happen. I, f- I forgot that like some people had let it slip. And then I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. And then the rest of the four progs that we read were like, D- just cast a shadow over about it, nothing. right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really does. It hurt me so deep, Connor. Yeah. Uh, script, so, scripter by John Wagner and Alan Grant as TB Grover, Art Robots, Steve Dillon, Ian Gibson, <laughs> Ron Smith, and Letting Robot Tom Frame. Yes, you know, I, I got to do these credits in here too, you know, whatever. Um, no, I know. I, res- I respect the people behind it, but also, fuck you for killing my ape. I mean, you know, Damn. it's definitely one, like, um, I think John Wagner would be happy at you telling him to, to fuck off because it means that you cared about this guy of who's course. only appeared in, like, two progs, you know, or three progs, maybe. No, that's that's good story <laughs> yeah. writing when you can uh, elect an orangutan mayor and everyone thinks he's the best. Definitely. I mean, I thought he was the best. And then they totally, yeah. got slaughtered in a back alley. Very sad. Yes, okay, so so Dave, the orangutan mayor of Mega City 1, who we saw earlier this earlier in 85, and his, or maybe 84, but, you know, recently, and his owner, Billy, mm. are heading home from from the night in their, uh, from their favorite bar where they've always been to since we met Dave, when they're attacked by hoods and just stabbed to death in the night. Good Lord. Can't. Can't tell you how many times this has happened to me, Conrad. Just, it's a, just can't. It's tell a you. veritable like Julius Caesar thing, just with the stabbing and stuff. Um, you know, I guess Mega City One, no stranger <sighs> to knife crime, not unlike England itself. Um, anyhow, Dredd shows up. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, oh my god, you don't mess around god. with that stuff in the states, buddy. It's it's guns or nothing. Um, but so Dredd's in hot pursuit. <laughs> he takes the first assassin down quickly and then chases the other three. He's like blasting through walls and his law master and stuff. One assassin gets hit by a heat seeker, but it's pretty funny because before he gets shot, he ran down an alley and like bumped into some muggers and the muggers were like, hey, where are you going in such a hurry, buddy? Oh, so great. So he just got, he got shot by the heat seeker before he could get mugged. And then the muggers were like, whoa, this is, this neighborhood's too crazy. We got to go. <laughs> And I and I love how it ends, which is literally like I catch up with the guy and he just explodes yeah. anyway, and I get no information. Yeah, one guy tries to jump off a pedway and misses the jump and falls to his death, and the final guy surrenders to dread, but because he's a professional mob blitzer, he just self destructs. Whoa! Um, oh, so good. So that proves that they're professionals, which you know is like a, a so they got investigated like that back at the bar. Dread questions the bartender and stuff, and the investigation begins. But after sweeping the various political groups and people of Mega City One that have a grudge against Mayor Dave, they have no su- no suspects in is found for the murder of Mayor Dave. They're all clean, besides the fifteen hundred incidental arrests they made just in the process of sort of questioning all these different political parties. <laughs> hey man, sometimes innocence just get in the way. Of justice, and by that I mean they're definitely going to get arrested for all of the bad, definite crimes they did. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're like you're there to question somebody about Mayor Dave, and then you know they've got like a bowl of sugar out there or something. You got to arrest them for that. It's it's, it's hard times out there. It's how it goes. <laughs> Can't just have sugar laying around, man. That shit's like 
Not okay. Yeah, it's illegal. Yes. It's what it is. Um, but Dredd has an no idea, reason. which is basically what if Dredd is the target, but his owner was, and then they and they do manage to find something. Back at the bar, it turns out that Billy Smart uh, Smart told Salmonella, the bartender, that he had a million dollar life um, a million credit life insurance policy that would pay out to Salmonella if he died. Greed got the better of the bartender, mm. and so he hired the Blitzers to kill Billy so he'd get the money. The problem, but you, what the fuck, Billy? Yeah, you don't tell people about that stuff, man. That's how you get taken out. That's how you get. That's how people snap or get on that show snapped, I guess. Um, and it's but mm. and the whole thing's real sad because it's no good because uh, Smert never paid the policy, so it like it it lapsed. So this bartender is, isn't even getting that, any of the money. He's got nothing. He's lost his best friend and the greatest mayor Mega City one ever had. Now the only thing he does have is thirty years for the murder of the mayor. R.I.P. Mayor Dave. What the fuck? That's always, by the way, why you pay that. That extra hundred bucks or quid just to to get the extra information instead of like the half price information. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I don't think the bartender would have said that. Oh yeah, by the way, I'm expecting to get paid out from Billy's life insurance policy now that he's dead. You know, but <laughs> you know, investigation sure. time. So uh, Ian Gibson takes over on art as love means never having to say you're under arrest. <laughs> uh, It's beautiful. I love Ian Gibson. I love you, Ian Gibson. He's doing a lot, both here and and in RoboHunter as well. We see this lady, Bella Bagley. She's being attacked by mutants in Mega City 1 when Dredd shows up, drops a couple of them, and almost arrests her for incitement, but lets her off with with a warning. He... Gives her a ride home. She just falls in love. Yeah, totally. Yeah, she he he like lets her ride. He he gives her a ride home in the back of his lawmaster, and she just like falls in love with him, <laughs> like as they go. Um, it's beautiful. It's it's real funny. She like writes him. Lo- she you know she writes him love letters and spends all day mooning over him. All the love letters just immediately like, like giving a form letter response and stuff. Um, and. <laughs> Oh. Judge Shred thanks you for your letters, but regrets he is unable to answer individual correspondence. <laughs> Eventually, her parents are worried about her and convince her to go talk to Dredd. She says she has information for him, and they meet on Lovebird Walk, where she confesses her love, basically. But Dredd has no time for love. Oh, He's like, face. you know, Dr. Jones all over again. <laughs> He says he never got any of her letters because crazy people letters just get thrown out immediately. And, uh, you know, <laughs> listen, Dredd's got one love, buddy, and that's the law. All right. You can only love the law when you're genetically engineered to only love the law. Yeah. And frankly, like he's messing with he's messing with the with the with the girl he with the girl he loves because she's currently breaking the law by wasting a judge's time. Whoa. <laughs> Oh my god. And so she's like, oh, I'm just not going to live anymore. By the way, my favorite part is where he pulls her up by her hair. Yeah. In response to being let down hard, Bella goes to jump off Pedway. Dread grabs her uh, and just sends her off to these psycho cubes. Oh, wait for you, darling. Uh, so beautiful. Yeah. Bella Bagley will return in the Judge Dread mega special oh. in 1991. So I guess oh, that's, awesome. that's another 2020 uh, uh, long-term wait, I guess. 
Oh, God damn it. God damn it. Listen, you know, we signed up for this long haul, man. There's nothing else we can do. I know. I just, I want it now. I want, I want. Nah. Is it so hard to want Judge Dredd to find love? I mean, he, again, he has found love, and it's the law. (laughs) (laughs) So Ron Smith's. It's called Penal Code 3A26C. What's that the penal code for, uh, Fox? I, I I guess maybe like chewing gum in a place where a crime is being committed. Improperly loving the law. Chewing... <laughs> oh, okay. Gross. Fuck. Yeah. It's even worse than... Okay, so Ron Smith takes over on art with a frankly terrifying opening as hundreds of mega citizens line up and start jumping off the side of a building to their deaths. Dread. My favorite guy is the bald guy with the diaper. There's some pretty good ones. Good, just random mega citizens doing stuff. Uh, Dread responds to the jumpers. They're at the flaky foont block, which is from which is Mr. Natural from our Crumb comics, and it's just nuts, man. The judges try to stop people from jumping by shooting at them. That doesn't work. Uh, finally, no point. Finally, just like an H wagon arrives and just hits him with a riot foam and smacks him and da- smacks him dab in place. <laughs> There's nearly 800 pavement burgers, as they as they so kindly say, and Dread intends to find out why. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the only thing you can do after 800 people commit suicide off of a giant building. Yeah, you got to pick up the pieces. Uh, so they check like weather control, oh, the water, the air, the gas supplies. They even have side division check out the area, and they can't find anything. It's crazy. It just seems like mass hysteria. And a Czech judge says that it's like how lemmings um, just periodically all jump to their deaths to kill themselves, which they actually don't, but fair enough. Um, and no. it seems like just a periodic lemming but he's syndrome. But cool glasses, so you want to believe him? Yeah, I mean, you might as well. But yeah, it just seems like per- uh, just a new another new hazard of living in Mega City 1 is periodically... People just get the urge to freaking kill themselves en masse, you know? I guess that's how it goes. <laughs> that's why you got the secret gas that we talked about last time. I mean, it seems like if they're going to do this, then being able to sedate them with gas seems like a necessary protection, you know? You can't let them get too crazy. <laughs> I mean, even if a few of them die, it's like not as many as 800, right? That's tr- that was the thing we were talking yeah. about last yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So our final dread story is the squadron that time forgot suddenly in the skies of Mega City oh One. Oh my god! It's awesome. A, a squadron of World War II German airplanes appears and just starts shooting up the place. <laughs> the pilots, <laughs> the pilots are very confused. It doesn't seem like it's like Soundgrad is not what they're expecting it to look like. <laughs> Dread no. and other judges start shooting them down. The Germans are big jerks. They shoot at a, uh, uh, they machine gun a bunch of bat gliders at the Wilbur Wright block. That was my favorite part. They were all just, just trying to do like a bat glider flying course. Yeah. And they fly into the planes and the planes just murder all. <laughs> I like how it's the, it's, it's the Wilbur Wright block, reason. which is like, you know, the, the, the first guys to build an airplane, the, the, one of the Wright brothers. So great. And then it's the Darby and Joan Club. And apparently Darby and Joan is a British term for like an old married couple that's still in love or something. So this is a bunch of old people like having a laugh by like, you know, reinvigorating their uh, their their lives by, by 
doing a bat gliding course, but then just some Nazis show up and just gun yeah. them all down. Like, ridiculous. <laughs> it's always the worst when Nazis show up and gun you all down. I mean, you know yeah, I mean? literally true, I think. I feel like I've seen some movies about that. <laughs> 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 they they also attack the massive pie in the sky restaurant and finally realize hey this ain't Stalingrad. <laughs> At, they co- what is it the giant floating sky pie? Yes, you, you know it's something I guess maybe maybe because all the signs are in English and they're like wait a minute like that's not a Russian. <laughs> they also under also, heavy man, fire. Props to a comic book that put put a fucking swastika inside of a comic book you can't even get that shit in some video games now. yeah well that's because of like a german you know releasing the games in germany and certain like regulations well, as I, don't, I know it. that yeah. I'm, I'm telling the i'm telling the listeners <laughs> well it's a, it's actually you can do it now oh whoa. it's a it's a uh it's no longer a cultural restriction as long as it is not being used for propaganda purposes mm. You can use it as a historical reference, uh, as a satire, or other. Interesting. So long as, again, you're not promoting the party. Yeah. So the uh, under heavy fire from the judges, the two the two remaining pilots fly to a weird glow in the sky and disappear. Afterwards, we sort of repeat the end the uh, the end from last um, story, where there's just sort of a, a a shrugging tech judge saying that yeah, just sometimes people get to caught in time distortions. You never know, you know. <laughs> that's not that's not a good reason. That's not something you're just like oh yeah, it happens. You're yeah. like nah, man, don't. You gotta like get a detector on. Nah, that man, shit listen. Or yeah. You got lasers. Shit happens like Nazis. Ha- time traveling Nazis happen. You know. <laughs> um. God, that should never be something that's real. Yeah, it's it's rough. You know. Anyhow, Dredd says it's finally the official end of World War Two. Whoa. <laughs> uh, something tells me it's not. It's definitely not. They're gonna fucking dredge up that as much as they possibly I mean can. so much of British comics is stuff about um, like World War 2 and fighting the Nazis and stuff that it's, it's something that's easy to come back to you know plus how are we going to know bad guys are well, bad guys unless they talk about how they feel about Hitler you know we've learned that pretty well you know because Conrad one time in my life it was a beautiful time we didn't explicitly say who they were. We just made communist Nazis, which doesn't make any sense in terms of like a, an ideological thing. We just called them Volgons. And they were bad. And they did a lot of bad things. And you shot them with a shotgun. And it was fine because you weren't ethnically cleansing a group of They were doing something, man. They were like putting Brits in like concentration camps and stuff. Like there's a... Oh, don't get me wrong. They definitely deserve to get shot with a shotgun. Yeah. I'm the last person to say that Bill Savage wasn't doing his patriotic, if not humanity, duty. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. Bill Savage. Love that guy. And hey, speaking of a blast from the past, do. Fox, or I don't know, just other stuff, it's. Oh, goddammit. Non Thrills Covers a Nerve Center. We start off with Prague 443. Respect the badge, fear the gun, dread the man. It's funny because these are... That's what I'm talking about. He's all man. That's right. Actually, it's funny because the first two parts of that are, are going to be in the uh, Anthrax song about Judge Dredd. Um, like, you know, res- yeah, really? respect the oh, badge. Yeah, respect he earned it with his blood. Fear the gun. Your sentence might be death because I am the law. Um, so, yes, that's good. Robin Smith drawn this one. Just a g- generic Dredd cover. 
in the I mean it's just because it's it doesn't have to do with the story it's just him standing there looking real cool which is good you know but it's it's true yeah. he's looking he's looking lithe but also chinular always chinular in the nerve center a goldig tharg combo praise be to tharg yeah laments the end of Robo Hunter and teases the restart of Rogue Trooper next Prague. There's a picture of Slade the Warped, which is a a, a, a slain Sam Slade uh, uh, mix-up mashup. Finally. Yeah, real good. And then there's letters about posting classified ads in the Progs. Uh, when the Vienna Judge Dredd story was, which is June 1979, six Prague years ago, if you can imagine. Oof. <laughs> there's some... I can't. It's crazy. There's some translations for some slain words, requests to buy some original art. This guy wants the history of justice from Prague 436 with the mutants of the cursed earth. And Thark says that he's recently allowed artists to start selling their original work on the open market. Although my understanding of this is that in real life, things were actually much more complicated. And anything by Brian Bond <laughs> is worth thousands of dollars, basically. <laughs> Just FYI, oh kid. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Well... All right. Mid pro. Yeah. It's time to start collecting brand bell and work. I mean, I'm here and stealing from people, maybe killing. You know, them, maybe. go back. To, go back in time, I guess. Um, Mid Prague, there's a teaser for gotcha, for a new it. for the new Rogue Trooper story. It's Future War. You want to know more? Which is a very sort of Starship Troopers kind of thing, almost. I got. Do you want to know more? Exactly. Prague 444. Any last requests? Yeah, miss. Rogue Trooper is facing a firing squad and is covered by Jose, by Jose Ortiz. Then Tharg the Terminator, that's, I believe, uh, like Nemesis the Warlock-style Terminator, tells us to get hype for the return of Rogue Trooper, and there's a pinup in the back of the comic. Uh, then there's a picture of Parrot Trooper, which I thought was kind of confusing. Uh, Tharg... This is pretty good. Yeah. Tharg identifies the final, the artist for the final story in this year's Dread Annual as John Higgins, um, which there weren't title cards in this year's annual, so, so it was hard to tell if you didn't know who was who. A reader asks if Tharg giving money doesn't shift the balance of the universe towards evil, um, sort of slain style, and doesn't get a reward Wrong. because of it. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Because it's a good thing to do. We uh we learned that Tharg gets like 400 letters a week, and a, a reader offers to donate a, a his extensive 2000 AD collection to anyone who writes him, and they give his full address in the nerve center, and then say like, "I hope you enjoy getting thousands Oof. of letters, buddy." <laughs> in the in the words of the internet, wrong choice. It's true. Yeah, mid prog. There's another history of justice this time to um, burned up robot ju- to the burned up robot Judge Dread head from the prelude to Judge Cal when there was a robot Dread like trying to frame him for murder and stuff. The and then this hey sure yeah it's not? cool and then this prog ends with an ad for Transformers which we've been seeing a lot but this time it's the uh, like Optimus tr- Optimus Prime and Negatron ones which are aw, super dope. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Prog 445, Scratch Two Dogs. Scarlet Carlos Escara draws things getting pretty tough for our buddy John, buddies Johnny Alpha and Wolf. There's just a quarter... Do you know what I like about what? this whole deal is the part about the Strontium Dogs because I like Strontium Dogs and I love Wolf and I love uh, Johnny Alpha. That's all I got to say about this, but I wanted to kind of drag it on for a little bit because I love them so much. Yeah, I love, I love them, but, you know, it's time to start getting worried about them, buddy. Um, 
there's a there's a quarter page nerve center this week. We're starting to reach the end of the year, so we you know every once in a while we're seeing these. Uh, I, f- I feel like these smaller nerve centers because they're selling more ads, sort of in the early pages to make to make some year end cash, basically just to hit uh, maybe to hit wah, uh, quarter, quotas or something. Uh, Tharg warns of the circuits shattering strontium dog story to come. Then this prog ends with another history of justice cover with the, uh, the monkey business story when Dredd fought a bunch of de-evolved humans that were monkey dudes. <laughs> no one apes the law. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this one as, um, is clearly by the, the arts by McMahon instead of Bolland. It's, just, it's, a, it's the first non-Bolland uh, history of justice one we've seen. Finally, Prog 446, this isn't Stalingrad. Measure Smith's attack Mega City 1 in a double cover by Ian Kennedy. Uh, you know it's... Oh my god, it's like a World War II happened in the double future. That's right. You know it's Ian Kennedy because it's got planes on it. Uh, in, in the nerve center, Tharg the Beaster oh announces a new Ghostbusters contest. There's a picture of Judge Hungry Harry, which I think is some kind of uh, commercial reference or something. Um, or maybe British comics reference, actually. Announcements of comic shops opening in Cardiff and Dublin. Letters about the nature of white and black holes. Requests for more Beetlejuice and showing up in real life. And comparisons from Nemesis to Sir Jacob Epstein's torso in metal sculpture, which is real cool looking. And I think actually looks a lot like the uh, late lamented Mad Ron ABC Warrior, actually. You know, all I gotta say about all of this is that all ghosts must be busted. Yeah, always. It makes you, it, it makes you feel good, you know? Um, <sighs> yeah. Oh my God, fuck you. That was good. Mid pro, yeah. That was really good. So, so mid prog, there is that. a contest to win Ghostbusters videos where you have to rate different 2000 AD characters and how they'd be as Ghostbusters. Also, here, I, I forget if I've talked about this. There's an ad for the Marvel superheroes role playing game by by TSR, the D and D guys, which I've never I've never mm. actually played, but I've always loved because when I was a kid. I, I'd buy like the source books that were just these big books of these stats of the different superheroes and stuff. And then it'd have like detailed like power descriptions and backstories for all the different heroes, you know? And so it was a cool, Bam! yeah, it was a cool, so we see Nightcrawler here and generally it was a cool way to learn about like the Marvel superheroes and stuff. It was always funny cause you'd get like some random, like a one issue bad guy right next to Spider-Man. So it'd be like, you know, like, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go off on a, on a slight tirade on this one because, first off, Nightcrawler is not doing the classic BAMF. Mm. But also, from what I understand from from friends of mine who are super Nightcrawler fans, for, I guess, a reason, uh, apparently in one of the side stories unretconned, because it has been retconned, every time bro BAMFs, he goes into hell... Yeah. For indeterminate amount of time until he rebamps into normal reality where he's like, oh man, I'm really glad I'm not yeah. which, <laughs> in hell anymore. Which explains the uh, the brimstone smell of the bamps, I suppose. Yes. Although. Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's what they fucking reference is like, oh, he was definitely there. And I'm like, all right, man. But also that sounds horrible. It's true. <laughs> this is super bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's in the current continuity in, in 1985, you know. I, I just want to say one more thing that I... Also, yeah. inspiration for Minecraft, I think so. Possibly. I want to say one more thing about this 
role-playing games is that all the stats you, you don't have numbers you have like descriptions so you don't have a so your strength isn't Ooh. isn't two your strength is typical you know or something like that oh that's i okay so i do kind of like that as a thing i mean i know it's all right, Conrad, as somebody who has definitely been my game master in things, yeah. do you prefer words as saying that this guy is ridiculously strong versus typical strong, or do you prefer eight versus three? I mean, I know you're looking for me to um, agree with the descriptor, but I actually like the numbers because a lot of times the numbers no. have to do with the well, math of saying. the actual game and stuff like that. Exactly. So I mean, what's going to happen? There's yeah. no way that typical strength is going to help you or me as a person to determine yeah. things other than make an argument. What ends up right? happening in, in, in later source books is they actually have the number in parentheses next to the oh, uh, the description and stuff, which is kind of funny. Anyhow, this prog ends... Well, I mean, that's the same thing. All right, go ahead. Yeah, But uh, then this prog ends with a massive Glenn Fabry uh, landscape of the Tomb of Grimnacell, which is a teaser for the start of the next big slain storyline, the Tomb of Terror. Ooh. Dare you enter? Yeah. <laughs> it looks kind of cool. On and on a moon, maybe, or maybe some kind. It's of, in that uh, kind of planet with dust. Yeah, stuff. it's on that alternate world, and then the uh, you know the the city of Gulag that the uh, that the Scythrons have built. You know, but it, if you do anything really naughty in it, does someone get to do a really good when that happens? Something you definitely there's definitely going to be a lot of dice rolling. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, and speaking of uh, oh, ooh. yeah, and speak. Ooh. <laughs> speaking of challenging i'm sorry i got really excited you should be getting excited buddy (laughs) since speaking of challenging satanic forces it's thrill for mean team hey remember that one time that the mean team decided that they were going to put a brain inside of a jaguar yeah but then also remember that one time (laughs) that there was a flashback where that guy said he was going to let a guy free, but then I guess he just killed that guy who said he well, was going to let... Well, that doesn't... Ha- Hold on a second, buddy. <laughs> I know. I'm just really happy about Mean Team. I'm sorry. It's crazy. Yeah, so we... So, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant as the Beast. Art robot Massimo Bello Dinelli, letting robot Tony Jacob. And yeah, we're, so we start with a flashback where Bad Jack Keller, as a kid, was promised, mostly as a joke, that if he got 5,000 kill points, his owner, Richmond Vaughn, would free him. <laughs> mostly mostly as a joke i mean i'm gonna say like 100 as a joke honestly um i think 100 as like a sarcasm yeah so a- i don't know man it's it's good how it ends yeah. let's <laughs> after jack was made fun of by the other kids he decided to just sort of keep quiet on the whole being free stuff and just focus on being the best damn death bowl player ever we one murder montage later, we're back where we left him with five thousand kills and a yearning for freedom. Oh. Vaughn of He literally I'm sorry, he just fucking takes a morning star or a whatever you yeah, want to call ball it. Ball and chain, whatever. Choose, 
and smashes the guy's fucking yeah. head off. They don't even show it anymore. He just doesn't. Right, yeah. So Vaughn says again <laughs> that this was indeed a joke uh, and to stop being crazy, but the crowd is turned. They want Bad Jack freed. Vaughn says no way. So Bad Jack, like Fox says, maces him right in the face with his mace. Oh, they, yeah, it's just oh, the mace and then an explosion so mark good. where this guy's head used to be. And then next prog also says <laughs> murder for like the third prog in a row, which is pretty awesome too. And then also shows his head exploding again. It's great. Yeah. So Richmond Vaughn is dead and Bad Jacks talk about escaping to Freedom, who's with him. Uh, Henry Moon, the panther brain guy, or the guy with the brain of panther, says yes, as does um, Amuck the Beaster um, and, and Mongo, one of the human red shirts. But the other humans say no. Steel Grip, though, is coming, the robot team member, because he's seen Vaughn's will and he knows that it means that uh, the, the team's going to be executed and, you know, accompany Vaughn to the afterlife ancient Egypt style. <laughs> this changes the. Oh, that's. Yeah. It's so much awesome that's. Go- okay, so I get it. Maybe at some point Mean Arena is bad because some people said that once to me and I don't remember who. <laughs> but it's like. Man, oh man, Mean Arena so far has been some like, crazy stuff. So yeah. awesome, it's good. <laughs> it's uh, look. It's I'm not. I'm not saying it's like a crazy man who gives a doctor plastic surgery to look exactly like him, so they mistake him for him, so that everyone kills him in a hilarious accident. But Wait, a robot literally is like, oh, cool, I'm totally going to... You're talking about Running Man on Action? Just... On, on the Reaction podcast? <laughs> Whoa, okay. Um, anyhow. Yeah, no, I think this is oh this is pretty fun. It's got some fun action and stuff. The rest of the team agrees to, to join Bad Jack... And it's time to shoot their way out, basically. And um, it's it's even better than the final, says the crowd watching, as wave after wave of RoboCops come after the team. There's some real good car chase <laughs> stuff here. Just Bella Dinelli going real crazy as the mean team is headed over the wall to freedom. So mean team runs... That's so interesting. Yeah, it's cool, man. Just them taking out these RoboCops. The mean team just runs from police pods, blasting through the futuristic cityscape, causing massive, you know... There's a it climaxes in this massive full page image that Bellardinelli does of a huge overpass collapsing with tons of people and robots on it for maximum kill points. Uh, you know, it, oh, it's yeah. hard to say too much here because it's all just sort of the act, just sort of balls out action of different car chase stuff. Yes. You know, it's action, it's explosions, and there's a whole page yeah. devoted to blowing up. It's pretty awesome. The, uh, the, the the team arrives at the spaceport, hijacks Flight 409, and heads out. Here come the RoboCops once more. So, By the way, I've got a space babe, and this space babe is going to totally get shot if you don't let me get the fuck Yeah, out ship's hijacked. He demands they take off. He kills some of the crew to, to show that he's serious. The ship takes off, and it's, uh, it's backwash, like takes out a whole bunch of RoboCops as they go. Jack uses the crew as hostages and then demands the ship be taken to Earth, which is apparently pretty scary these days. The cops follow discreetly, and two days later, the mean teams arrive on the old human homeworld. 
Uh, apparently it's been taken over by some sort of evil satanic forces. I don't know. Um, but that's where bad... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter if everything gets more awesome. Yeah, that's where Bad Jack was born, though. So he wants to hide out there. He has the ship brought in to England. But as they enter the atmosphere, the ship starts to malfunction and they're crashing. The ship slams into the uh, into the tree line and the whole team goes flying out of the ship with a scrunch. Next time, centaur forward. Oh, it's a joke. There is never, there is never a bad time for the word centaur. But also, oh my god, how I, I don't know. Maybe it just gets worse from here. I don't know at what point this, yeah, maybe this specific comic gets worse. Yeah. But Conrad, I, I'm really loving. All of it. A man's brain got put into a jaguar. I got to agree. I wonder if it's... If, literally three comics later, they are escaping, but in the most awesome possible way, and for the dumbest possible reasons. Yeah, I mean, I agree that I'm, I I am enjoying Mean Team, and I think it is funny. It's just like, I've, I've definitely heard this recalled real bad. I believe it gets... It, it, it gets tough, like, when it... Like, in the second chapters and stuff, I believe that's when it starts sort of being a be, being a, a a problem, <sighs> I guess. And I just love Centaur Forward, man. So He's far, so two third horse, half human, all on the attack. Anyhow, um... <laughs> shut up, shut up. That's so great. And you and Centaur, you know what? You know what, Conrad? Do you know what I love about they you? Keep, I love your forward thinking on centaurs. They keep talking about them, dude. Like, I'll stop making the jokes when they stop putting centaurs in these <laughs> comics, you know? Um, and speaking of things staying in comics, Fox, it's Thrill 5, Rogue Trooper. Oh, God, I can I say... I, so I don't mean this even facetiously, but just, like, kind of shoot me. Not even that it's bad, it's just, like... Let him let him just take a break. I mean, for yeah. more than like five prizes. I mean, he's gonna hear. Um, so, uh, script about Jerry Finley Day, art about Jose Ortiz, lighting about Tony Jacob. So, after the events of Horst, Rogue Trooper has arrived back to the souther base of Millicom. He's got the antigen, and so his chips are gonna be made whole. But Rogue himself has been found guilty of desertion. After his gear is taken, he's taken to the firing yes. squad to be executed. The gunmen take aim and fire blanks. Oh, it's all a joke by Chief War Marshal Lamal. That doesn't seem like a funny joke. That's not even a joke. Yeah, it's a pretty tough one. That's just a regular, like, fuck you, yeah. man. But it's to celebrate the end of the war, because it seems that Rogue's activities on horse has ha- have helped end the conflict, that we still get socked in the face by, by Lamal. The station. I mean, give him a medal and then punch him in the face. Yeah, something. Right? Like, don't don't pretend to kill him. I guess. I mean, you know, it's oh. this kind of command decisions that kept the Southers from winning the wars long ago. You know, bad morale. You know stuff. what? Um, that that might be the most fair <laughs> fucking thing that's ever been yeah. said on this podcast. The station begins preparations to end the conflict, and Rogue checks to see that the regene of the chips is underway. He also stops to say hi to Azure, Helm's fiance, and she's pretty stoked. Uh, you know, despite like her attempts to scuttle this whole attempt to save them and stuff at the beginning of the last storyline. Rogue is just. Do you know yeah. my favorite picture is that same reuniting thing, and there's just this Dr. Einstein in the bottom Definitely. right corner yeah. with his These... just his finger to his lip, and he's going, "I'm not paying attention." The genies no, are real no. silly in this uh, thing. 
Rogue's suspicious about the whole peace thing. And it seems like he's justified as a skeleton hand (laughs) seems to prepare to destroy Nort and Souther alike. Very Tom Tully special (laughs) here. Um, The the chips are getting regened, and it's pretty sweet, but it's going to take a while, certainly until after the treaty signing. Rogue goes to watch the Norts arrive. Long enough to make something horrible happen, right? He sees that the Nort bosses are being escorted by the Kashan Legion, the guys who did the the Quartz Massacre. And then we see representatives from the New Earth Souther side coming through. And there's a delegation from Fort Nero looking very uh, Stalin, FDR, Churchill, you know, uh, Yalta Accord kind of situation. Yeah. Still, Rogue is Nero. Except one of them isn't in a wheelchair, so I guess whatever. Yeah, but I don't think people made a big deal about FDR being in a wheelchair in 1985. You know, that's a more recent thing. Oh, that's right. About him, like, standing up or, or having everything from the waist up. Yeah, or like, right? you know, in these, or, or like the famous pictures with with FDR, Stalin, and Churchill, where they're all sitting, you know, just sort of like they're all sort of doing the same thing at once or mm. something. Um Ah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's so right. Rogue braces the Cashan with like with Bagman basically just to scan him for weapons and finds a heat seeking knife in his epaulette. Whoa, hey, a fight. Oh, hey, I guess it's a good thing you you took after all of this high tech base. You took your backpack and fucking shot it at a dude. Yeah, scanning him. That's what fucking got that's it. How it like, goes? God damn it. <laughs> What the fuck is this base doing? You know, I mean, no one was expecting peace. Everyone's expecting it's like peace they stuff, want you know? Lose. Like a fight breaks out. Whatever. It's broken up by the Nort leader who dresses down the cash and says he'll have him shot, which is pretty crazy. And it seems like there actually might be peace. The genies take the ships, the chips to start the process. And Azure notices there's something weird going on with the Millicom mainframe, but oh well, I guess. As again, the mysterious figure plans the assassination of Rogue as well as the other higher ups. Uh, yeah. Finally, the mysterious hand orders an attack as the tree signing begins. Uh, but first, Lamal wants Rogue Trooper to come to the signing to witness it. Rogue's reluctant to leave his buddies, but goes to do so as the mysterious hand again hits those final buttons. The treaty signing is uneasy, and as Lamal puts his thumbprint on the dock, he bursts into flames, as does the Nort leader. Suddenly, the whole room is under attack from a bunch of skull insignia trooper dudes. Everyone, of course, is unarmed because of the treaty signing, but Rogue's able to take some of these guys down hand to hand, by hand as a Kashan leader grabs a ceremonial layout sword to fight back. <laughs> it's it's literally like it's not a military base. Well, I mean... It's just like where people go to hang out. I mean, in their... No, people are equipped on a military base. I mean, base. that's not true. Uh, most of the time in military bases, guns are... Like, weapons are kept in the armory. People don't carry a lot of weapons around. There are fucking guards, man. They're not just, yeah, like, hanging around. But, like, I like, could see things being... Like, they wouldn't expect an attack on during the peace treaty signing when everybody is, like... Um, you know, is, sure. is 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 trying to show signs of peace. Plus, apparently, this t- like they're teleporting in, which is apparently an unusual mode of attack. We haven't really seen that in Rogue Trooper as something to be prepared for. Yeah, no, um, no, no, no. So as they fight back, the attackers teleport away, and below decks, alarms go off. As Azure and the genies wait at the elevator, thinking that Rogue is coming to protect them, but instead, these weird attacker guys teleport behind them. Oh, God, they didn't uh, double down on this uh, regening technology. They just got super sweet 
uh, <laughs> Star Trek teleportation. That's right. Which really is the ultimate form of fucking you up. I mean, it'll take you down. Next time, when a GI dies. <gasps> Ooh, what could it mean? Uh, it's yeah, not much. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, jeez. So dis- so so dispirited. I'm sorry, man. I'm not. <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, man, like I want something crazy to happen in this comic. It's not going to I hear you. I mean, but like the war coming to an end is kind of something. Like that's a big change. I no, I mean, look, man, I'm not saying that it isn't trying to do something. Mm-hmm. I will never say that that Rogue Trooper is not trying. It is a it is a quality comic book in comparison to so much garbage. <laughs> Conrad, there's there is there is literal literal books I have read in my life uh-huh. that have amounted to nothing. Whereas at the very least, Rogue Trooper has uh, committed to entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Right. At the very least, it hasn't always succeeded, um, but it's not always succeeded also yeah so <laughs> i hear you yeah for sure i just think you know i'm like trying to be i'm, I'm trying to be easy on rogue trooper these days just because this is like jerry finley day's final work on the comics so i'm sort of trying to be in a com- contemplative mood, mood about it i suppose um look man i see what he's doing with these with these really uh uh dark darks and white whites and just like making some cool shadowed contrast and all sorts of stuff dude right. but also, like, I like it. Like, put something else there, man. I'll take I'll take two extra episodes of Strontium Dog. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, just don't think that that's the you know. I don't think that that's what's I on the menu. You Strontium know what I mean? Dog like is the everybody's yeah. I love God Strontium damn. Dog. It's just like you know, like Rogue Troopers here to do its specific job, and Strontium Dogs here to do its specific job. No, I, you know, and sort of, it's not like they're different standards of things, I guess. Anyhow, speaking of Strontium Dog and of uh, the possibility <laughs> of characters dying, it's Thrill Six Strontium Dog. No, fuck you! Don't you ever say that? Don't you never ever say that? Mm. Don't you ever even say that in my presence again, Conrad? No. Script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner's Alan Grant. Art robot Carlos Escarra. Learning robot uh, C. Potter and Gordon Robson. So. No, I will not believe it. I won't, Conrad. I won't. We'll see. A band of mutants on hover bikes arrives on Smiley Worlds. On Smiley's world, I should say, skirts past the, the, the village of New Hope and sneaks up on a log cabin near the mountains. The uh, the leader of this group, Max Bubba, has waited 15 years for this. He levels no. his blazooka at the house and kablaz! Johnny Alpha and Wolf are under attack. The boys try to fight, but... Wolf takes a couple shots to the back. Johnny gets hit in his gun hand and takes a glancing shot off the temple. The strontium dogs are down. The evil mutants stake. Can I take oh. just a moment to say, like, all of all of this as as Conrad is explaining it? Night. I really do hope that that those of you kind of reading along are reading along, and those of you who aren't should um, 
really sparse dialogue yeah in any of these. i mean it's really like right? the 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 dogs are under attack and we see like johnny wolf like trying to get to cover like trying to fight back against these guys they're completely caught flat-footed and then like the the mutant gang really kind of catching them flat-footed like mm. gunning them down and stuff it's really affecting and really and feels really like you know like oh man like these guys have finally met their match almost uh yeah, I, I just want to say, like, Grant is doing great work by basically less than a sentencing most of anything anyone says mm-hmm. to kind of give way to the, like, Western-esque or Spaghetti Western-esque yeah. style violence of gunning down these people kind of look like. Yeah, I mean, it's a very... potential, like, what, what will happen next? Yeah, it's a very Western opening of just sort of this silent posse sort of mm-hmm. riding through and then sort of moving in and attacking these guys. Uh, the mutant stake... It's, jo- it's yeah. really great. It Definitely. The mutant stake Johnny and Wolf out under the hot sun says, like, they'll last a couple days at most, sort of um, tied down there cooking in the heat. Bubba wants them to die slow. Stuck under the moonlight, Wolf says he won't last until morning and starts to reminisce about he and Johnny Alpha met during the Ragnarok job. Oh my god. And then, yeah, listen. So we flash back to 2170 when Harvey's given out missions to Strontium Dogs, including a bunch that we've seen die in the course of our time with Johnny Alpha, like the yeah, yeah like the Weird Brothers, really? Big Cynthia, the Stixes, a pre-cracked Egghead, and the torso from Newcastle, even. Um, yeah. Harvey has a special job. Young Johnny Alpha. No. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, Harvey has a special job for Johnny uh, because Max Bubba and his gang of mutants, they've escaped from Canterbury Keep and led a path of destruction over the countryside, um, eventually escaping using a time room to hide in the past. A uh, a time scientist explains the usual sort of butterfly effects of uh, time travel and how Max Bubba in the past is more like a a mothra than a a butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) yeah butterfly effect joke buddy that was okay that was that was really fucking clever conrad i mean he he does it with the standard like oh here's like a here's like a little dip in a in a pool or like here's like like a a drop in a coffee cup and it's a little ripple and then here's like i throw the coffee cup on the ground like that's what's actually happening but i like butterfly effect in a mothra but he didn't say (laughs) butterfly effect versus yeah it's good um Luckily, they yeah. that's really yeah. Good. They managed to trace Max Bubba to Scandinavia in the year seven ninety three A.D. and they want Johnny Alpha to go back in time and destroy every trace of the Bubba gang. So they can only send Johnny because they don't want because they're worried about sending too many people and causing even more trouble in the time stream. Plus, of the Strontium Dogs, Johnny Alpha is both the best and the most normal looking. So it's sort of a match made in heaven. <laughs> 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 they do actually say yeah. that you look normal. Yeah. So almost almost normal. normal, yeah. Johnny has sort of some second thoughts and some bitter reflections on the nature of, you know, humanity and their crappiness towards mutants and stuff, but does eventually take the job cuz everybody anybody else would just screw it up and they'd have to call him in anyway. Next time on Strontium Dog 793 AD, which is the prequel to 2000 oh, AD. Hell yeah. I'm guessing that's Wolf Time. 
Yeah, we're wow. getting the uh, <laughs> we're getting the backstory of Johnny and Wolf at last. I'm very excited to see this stuff, although it's in terrible I'm situations right for that, sure. Man. Oh sure, <laughs> I'm just really hoping they all pull out because I swear to God, if they don't, I will crush this comic book under the weight of my anger. Yeah, I'm gonna have some real rage going on, I'd imagine. <laughs> Fuck you! Oh, that rage! Don't you even ruin this for me? Rage. That's a joke that 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 you're gonna get like next next year. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty good. Um, anyhow, <laughs> but speaking of things that make us all furious, speaking Fox, of rage, it's thrill. Oh, se- God, yeah, no. it's thrill seven. Future shocks and Tharg the mighty. So, I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna be over here while you talk about some shit. It's fine. So first up, it's a Peace Smith's Farewell. It's a Tharg the Mighty story. Art about Colors of Scare, learning about uh, Gordon Robson. And man, this is uh, the year's last Tharg story. There's going to be three in 1986, and then none until 1991. Woo! Uh, Thank Christ. Tharg and Sim-1, the Simon Geller bot, are enjoying a morning jog as a giant rooster wakes up the creative droids in the nerve center. The Tom Frey droid... This literally seems so. It's crazy. The uh, the Tom Frame droid notices that art editor droid P. Smith, the uh, Rob Smith of uh, the Robin Smith robot, is uh, slow to wake up, and it's getting too old to handle the work. When Tharg shows up, P. Smith admits, admits that he's too old to keep to keep going. Falls as falling asleep as he does so. It's most unzarjaz. There's only one thing to be done: retirement. By which Tharg means that he's going to send him to Mechquake. Um, later Tharg is looking through the scripts and sees a good one it's called Bad City Blue but there aren't any available art droids to draw it for six months desperate to get the thrill started Tharg pulls P. Smith out of the jaws of Mechquake when he's just only semi-cubed and puts him to work on the story (laughs) ironically though Bad Bad City Blue won't be out for about six months, and it'll, it'll premiere in uh, Prague 468 next May. But, uh, um, all right, yeah, then. it's weird because they did this with the Beast, too, the uh, the guy who's writing Mean Arena. And they, and, and that was right, right mm. before the premiere of Mean Arena. But it looks like this time they've sort of crossed some wires or something, so Bad City Blue won't be out until, yeah, until 86. Also, shout out to 2084's member Bad City Blue who organizes all the fiction contests and stuff like that. No yeah. shit. I mean, you know, it's, it's a big thing in that, in, in that form where people have names of, like, the different, um, like, di- different yeah. thrills and stuff like that, too. Anyhow, uh, now let's just do some quick future shocks here, buddy. Uh, the first one uh, is Mind How You Go. I think this one wasn't that bad. Uh, Ola Stepanuk, uh, no. writer, art robot George Sr., letting robot Jack Potter, a three-pager here. Edwin Sheeran is a crappy precog. He pulls, like his powers of seeing the future don't quite work. So like he uh, he determines where he can find a wallet, but it's empty. He bets on 17 black at the, ro- at the roulette wheel, but that comes up at the table next to him, stuff like that. He gets on the bus home, but sees the bus is about to get on the 215 crashing. So he gets on the 415, only for that bus to, cra- to be crashed into by the 215 bus. And he dies. <laughs> Oh man, that's pretty good. I I like the description as crappy precast. Yeah, well, I I like this one because it really fe- this feels like this is like you know one of these Twilight Zone twist ending ones that I feel like is sort of a new kind of like a, a twist that I haven't seen before. I guess 
And like I could see this being a decent episode of like the Twilight Zone or the Outer Limits or something like that, you know? Oh, sure. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what we tune in for. And yeah. the fact that we're not calling back to either of those things as, hey, they did that there. I'm like, all right, that, that's kind of that's kind of neat. Yeah. Like it's it is crappy, pretty God, which is a funny. It's good. Idea. Yeah. Listen. Isn't that novel? Trying to tell the truth here. Um, next, the final story is How to Murder Your Droid. Script robot um, o- Ola Stepanok, letting robot Jeff Anderson, uh, or art robot Jeff Anderson, letting robot Tony Jacob. It's kind of dumpy dude. He's having trouble with his robot butler who barges in on his dates, insults his boss, the mayor, all this stuff. Tries to kick the droid out, but gets returned by the cops for a 300 cred fine. He goes to kill it, but a news report comes out about the harsh penalties for killing uh, robot robot droids, basically. In the end, he goes to a seedy bar and has the butler droid talk to a rough, tough, killer-looking guy, thinking that it'll, he'll anger the, the, uh, the killer and he'll take out the robot for him but instead the killer um ignores the droid and kills the guy who owns the robot ah oh, geez because it turns out that the butler told the thug that this guy is the t- chief of police so whatever um you know anyhow the moral of the story is uh just sell Seems your robot like on you ebay <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, this one wasn't was sort of weird, oh, and true. it's weird is that that, that 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 the twist is that this guy is the chief of police because there's all this like like there's all these hints about it, right? Like um, the mayor being his boss, yeah. or like the cops return the the butler and say like, oh, you should know that this is illegal, buddy, because you're the chief of police and stuff. But it's oh, weird. Boy. I don't know. <laughs> not my fave. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I'm not, it's not the top spot, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely. And so with that, Fox, we've come to the end of our comics. And so my question for you is what was your top and bottom thrill for this November 1985? Are you kidding? This top spot is so fucking easy for me. Dog, I will tell you, bad Jack, bad Jack, bad Jack, bad Jack, mean team was fucking awesome. And all I have to say is that when you straight up morning star a dude in the face, not just once, but twice, I get to see his head explode. And then also all your friends go on a super cool journey where you blow up a bunch of robots and grab a spaceship and then fucking bazooka some more dudes. And then you keep going and fuck. Then you go to a like kind of like you want to go to another planet. So you like fucking destroy like an entire city building kind of and kill a bunch of people and then grab a chick and like hey motherfuckers i will kill this woman and everyone's like yeah i guess all right but then you're like yeah but i'll also kill you also watch i'm gonna kill your boss and then you take that fucking super jet and you fly to earth which apparently fucking sucks and then you crash land on it like dude we haven't seen that kind of dumbass action since fucking Dan Dare, arguably. <laughs> uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I can't tell you how happy I am about Mean Team. And maybe it gets bad, but then I just have to keep reminding people like a dude's brain is inside of a jaguar or, or a panther or what the fuck ever yeah, it is. Same and, thing. And that a dude literally smashed a dude's head Mm -hmm. off right and this is coming off the heels of a woman falling in love with dread and getting arrested (laughs) 
Like maybe one of my favorite Judge Shreds ever happened <laughs> in in this in this comic book. But like as as I was because I was I was actually hoping that she would be like maybe a two or three pager, you know, kind of like maybe never to come back again kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she's coming back. And and you know, of course, tip of the hat to to Johnny Alvin, Wolf for Strontium Dog, etc. 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 Right? Nice. But like holy shit, mean team. It's so fun. <laughs> Conrad, it's so yeah. fun. Um, and I guess, like, just for bottom, and I'm really not trying to whip it, I just want it to go to bed and to have a nice nap and, and be left alone. Uh, Rogue Trooper, just please let him, just let him take a nap. <laughs> just let him sleep. Yeah. You know, like, he's done so much work. There's no more story to tell for me here. I don't even know what story is going to be told anymore. Like, maybe it'll be interesting. And I am I, I am honestly going to give it a chance, but... I hear you, buddy. I'm just so tired. <laughs> like, maybe some more Sam Slade or something. He's tired, too. He's been trying to get his buddies rejoined forever, it's and true. just nothing goes his way. This isn't... Anyway, Conrad, that's, that's my top of mind. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you, however. I, I'm exasperated. Because of these two things. I love these things and, and kind of don't like these things. But you know what, Conrad? I'm going to ask you what you kind of liked and kind of didn't like. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I'll even put it in terms that might be easier to understand. What was maybe your top, let's say top thrill, and then what was maybe, let's say, like, I don't know, just going on the field or your bottom thrill? My bottom thrill? Okay, buddy. <laughs> Stalling for time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you all yeah. of the, what you need. Absolutely. You know? I'm just I'm just helping you pad. Yeah. So um I'm gonna say for my top, I'm I I really like Nemesis this month. Um just I I, 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 I like Mechquake coming on the team and them sort of setting up for the next stories and stuff like that. I thought that was really good. I'm also really liking uh liking Mean Team also just um again like it's not like a complicated or like story that makes you think or or, or feel things like i feel like um because like because <laughs> like because strontium dog is doing that right where it's real sad and stuff and yeah. like oh you know yeah. we're i think you and me are both real concerned about the fate of wolf at this point and stuff like that um and so and and John, you know, of both those guys, as are sort of under the gun guns of the uh, of the Max Bubba gang here, mm. um, so that's real affecting. But Mean Team's just, a, you know, it's just kind of like dudes killing each other and doing crimes and stuff like that, and that's fun. And Bellardinelli keeps <laughs> and things. What's wrong with dudes killing each other? Yeah, doing crimes. And like Bellardinelli is real, just like draws these car chases really, like in a really action-packed way and stuff. That I think is 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 pretty good. So that's sort of high up there mm. for me as well. Um, in the bottom, I don't know. I guess I might say yeah, I might say dread this month. Um, not that dreads. Oh shit! Not that dreads. Hold up, everybody! Just hold the phone. Not that dre- this might be a first. Not that dreads super bad or anything like that. Um, but like, 
for me, no, it's like you know, I really don't. I wish they just kept Mayor Dave around. Like I'm, I'm semi punishing them for killing yeah. Mayor Dave. Um, and then, well, I mean, they should be punished. Yeah, and then I, I don't really like how two stories sort of end with a tech judge just sort of shrug, shrugging his shoulders and saying that's Mega City One. Mm. You know, like those both sort of make for feel like for sort of weak off. going. Um, and you know, otherwise, like I feel like I like. I kind of like this as a wrap up, as another wrap up section for Rogue Trooper. I think it's fine of this sort of like, you know, there being peace, but then also these sort of new attackers and stuff is kind of interesting. And it's just hard for me to say, you know, I'm sort of saying goodbye to Rogue at this point and other stuff. So it's hard for me to put it in the bottom, I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know what I love, Conrad, is when we don't absolutely yeah. agree. Because we don't absolutely say the same thing. Definitely, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I feel like this is this is also a little bit one of these things where um, where, where you being new, being just, just coming to these things as they come and stuff like that. Like, I feel like my perspective is a little different, just sort of, um, you know, how, how these things are coming it's a, from, it's you a, know. So, it's a delicious seasoned uh, uh, meat. Yeah. Uh, t- Whereas mine is a... Uh, tater top a tasty roux of comic book opinion um anyhow yeah exactly i'm i'm more of like the the like the flank steak and you're you're definitely a flame mignon. oh thanks buddy and you're better than a flank steak you're like you know yeah don't worry you're, no, you're, you're you know what you're a you're a bacon wrapped whoa filet mignon. i think of myself as a giant t-bone know, got all that bacon. stuff anyhow <laughs> i hope everybody enjoyed the show oh, god i'm so hungry. yeah me too as always you can find space spinner 2000 on itunes stitch or the google play store or our podcast site space spinner 2000.com feel free to contact us at space spinner 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or our facebook instagram or twitter pages on twitter we're at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, look up Space Spinner 2000. We should be there. Then come back next time as we reach the end of 1985. As Johnny Alpha and Wolf continue <gasps> their meet-cute in the past, <laughs> we'll have some holiday dread adventures just in time for actual real-life Christmas, because I think that one's coming out on Christmas Eve. And at Actually, I, yeah, I think we're getting real close to being real close, yeah. right? And at long last, we will be slain as the Tomb of Terror storyline <gasps> begins. Get your oh my god, I'm so excited for slain! I'm so excited for slain! Yeah, get your uh, get your two favorite six sided dice because we're gonna be doing some D and D here in <laughs> the Space Bitter Two Thousand oh podcast. This is this is exactly why I'm excited because I really want to play Slain as a barbarian, but also I want to go into warp spasms. But no D and D. That guy's gonna let me do that except for Conrad. Conrad, can we please play online for the D and D? I mean, it's not gonna be. be my it's not gonna be full D and D, but it's gonna be close. And I think it's gonna be pretty good. And until then, I'm Conrad Eastbox, and we are Space Spinner Two Thousand. Slutty Patrick. <laughs>